Well, here we are. It is time, Simba. If you understand that reference, you might be about the age where we should be working together. It's possible. But it is now one of three times a year that I'm accepting clients for my freedom framework, overcoming food sensitivities and increasing energy without unnecessary restriction. My goal for my one-on-one clients is to take them through frameworks and explore tools for achieving 50, 80, 90% of their goals in just a few months and show them how to continue to heal on their own so they don't need me anymore. Honestly, I think we're doing great one-on-one work here, helping women that would otherwise be falling through the cracks, thinking that they're just aging, that they're just moms, that they just, and it may be true that they just have stress when really those stress hormones and their other core systems just really need some serious support and some serious love to serve them for years to come without symptoms. So if you'd like to clear inflammation, eczema, food sensitivities, or improve energy and brain clarity, I'd love to chat with you. You can book a call with me at kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, kristabigler.com forward slash FSS, and that link will be in the show notes. Welcome to The Less Stressed Life, all about making this your time to feel freaking awesome about your life, health, and happiness. This podcast of The Less Stressed Life is hosted by Krista Bigler. Krista is an integrative registered dietitian nutritionist who specializes in reducing food-related stress, inflammation, and symptoms of food sensitivities. She brings over a decade of nutrition expertise and playing with her food to the table. From coaching, teaching, writing, and work within a major food company to behind the scenes for a health celebrity. To learn more, visit lessstresslife.com. Hey there, it is such a joy to be here again with you, whether you are washing dishes, multitasking, or driving to or from work, or just in your car doing whatever. Thank you so much for joining me. And can we just try something new today? Can we just start with a positive affirmation? Because Remember back in the episode with the happiness scientist and we talked about how positive affirmations can be really important? Well, let me just start with one. This one's kind of a long one, but begin every day by asking yourself, what am I looking forward to most today? Or what could I decide to do today that I can look forward to? Starting the day with a positive expectation is key to setting your mood meter high. In fact, I think my shine text this morning, which is a positive affirmation that I get, did say something about if you can focus on the good for, I think, 15 seconds, you can really sort of try to like shift your whole outlook on the day and just the whole situation. So there's that for you. Today, we're going to chat a little bit about my friend Miller who has a chronic condition, but we're not going to talk too much about medical. We're going to actually talk a lot more about how the right combination of influences of stress reduction just completely changed that. And it's really a cool story. Now you're going to recognize Miller's voice because he is the voiceover talent. And can I tell you a funny small town, I mean, small world story, because I sort of thrive a lot on small world stories and connections. Remember Ashley from a couple episodes ago? Yeah, well, Ashley and I met online in a dietitian group, and we were great accountability partners for a long time, and I still keep in touch with Ashley. And uh, and anyway, she had gone to do, um, kind of went a different path in her career a little bit, and so we kind of didn't touch base as often as we wanted to. And then Miller sort of came into my life through um, another opportunity, like another online group, and he was looking for an accountability partner for this podcasting thing. Well, funny story, they both, Ashley and Miller both ended up working for the same 
um, fitness celebrity, Shalene Johnson, that I have been doing some contract work for. And I just think those people didn't know each other at all. We met in completely different groups and uh, lines of people and with different connections. It's just kind of funny how small the world is. So I really appreciate Miller so much and any accountability partner that I've ever had because having a sounding board in your life can be life-changing, can really help propel you to a new level. So today will be awesome, you guys. You really can believe that and it can you can manifest that into existence and the universe. So we're going to chat a little bit you know, about Miller's specific events, but I wanted to give you a couple tips real quick before we get started. We are going to talk a little bit about just a touch about some digestive things. Now that is my jam. It is totally like IBS and gut issues and irritable bowel and those types of things. I mean, and also migraines and also joint pain and also muscle pain. Um, those are all my favorite, but IBS I love because I can get such great results with people in such a short amount of time, like 50 to 75% reduction in just two weeks. That's very normal results. Oh, and for clarification, I should probably mention it's completely unrelated to FODMAPs. In fact, we usually ignore FODMAPs altogether, and I'll mention this briefly in the episode. It's completely irrelevant if you don't have irritable bowel type symptoms. You probably have never heard of that, but so that's really exciting stuff. And if by chance you have one of those conditions or you know food causes issues with you, I really encourage you to reach out and book a call. You can do that very clearly at the top of my website. It's um, You can either get there by doing lessstresslife.com or kristabigler.com. You can book a call up in the up in the header there. Now, Miller is going to talk a little bit about some digestive things. And I just wanted to mention uh, some things about constipation because let's just be real. You really need to eliminate properly because that's a natural detoxification. So there's a whole lot of reasons people can have constipation. And by the way, normal bowel movements, that's like one to three times a day. So if you're only going once every three days, that would be constipation. So I just need, and that's important because like you're not getting rid of stuff that you need to get rid of. You're, you know what they say, that's where crappy ideas come from. So just joking, but I did want to give you just some really um, simple, simple things, little lifestyle and nutrition tips to take away today instead of the regular kitchen ninja tips for overcoming constipation. And that includes um, rubbing rosemary oil cl- clockwise on your abdomen, like a high quality rosemary oil can help. Um, I've even put it in my water before if it's um, culinary grade. Having an abdominal massage. So actually, I'm in a great massage therapist. Abdo- massage that area um, can be kind of hard, uh, but it it can really help. And then even like a lower back chiropractic adjustment has helped with that before. There's a whole lot of other reasons, you know, if you have a bacterial overgrowth or something and that's stuff we would kind of get into otherwise, but those are just a few tips to overcome some constipation issues. Obviously more fiber, fruits and vegetables as well, but I wanted to give you some other unconventional things that maybe people haven't heard of before. All right, enough me yapping and let's get busy listening to Miller. Oh, by the way, um, Miller is really pouring out his life and soul in this episode, and it's awesome. And if you hear some baby goats crying in the background, well, that's exactly what it is. Actually, it's my kids, but I learned an important lesson. Don't record podcasts when they're home. So I hope you can just giggle and empathize for me. And I wasn't going to not publish this episode because I thought it was very valuable. So I hope you'll just forgive me and know that I don't really expect you to have to listen to baby goats, baby kids crying when they're waking up from naps in the future. But hey real life stories. All right. Thanks so much for understanding and off to the show. 
So today we are having my dear friend, Mac Holiday is his stage name, but he goes by Miller DeRay. He is my podcasting accountability partner. So if you heard the, when you, your name, his name will sound very familiar to you today because he is the uh, voice of the voiceover for The Less Stressed Life. And that's because he has an amazing voice. He's been involved in the entertainment industry since he was 16 years old, only now decades later his life's purpose has become super clear to him, which is helping people to arrive at a place in their lives, as he has, to share their greatest secret. So juicy. So that thing that makes you most vulnerable, most uncomfortable, and that's why you're here to serve. He wants you to know that life can change, you are not alone, and there's a reason to celebrate every day. And this man has just this knack for holidays and really looking at a deeper part of the day, of every day, and how you can celebrate and appreciate that. And so I think there's just going to be so much we can gain from him this episode. And thank you and very much welcome to the show. Krista, I am so happy to be here. I am honored. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. Thank you. Yes, it's just like he and I kind of have uh, virtual coffee dates all the time, but this is just the next level. And we don't always get to talk about all this personal stuff. So that's good. So um so we met in Pat Flynn's podcasting course, if anyone knows Pat Flynn, of Smart Passive Income and multiple other successful podcasts. He's been an inspiration of both of us. So we already, basically that means that we have common interests and we hit it off right away. But uh, then he mentioned to me how he overcame and healed himself from IBS or irritable bowel syndrome, which was very interesting to me because I work primarily with people with digestive issues and irritable bowel and migraines and, and things that are all related to irritable bowel syndrome. Um, I, I work with them on food sensitivity things. So when um, Mac Miller mentioned, I'm not sure which one he wants me to say, so I'll let him lead on that one. But uh, when he first told me how he healed himself, I said, you've got to tell me more. So tell me about the time when you were first diagnosed with IBS, how old you are, and that, that whole thing. Well, first of all, Call me Miller or Mac. I guess mm -hmm. I I prefer Miller because that is my name. I created the name Mac Holiday for social media. It was a character. And then as I became more sort of open and vulnerable and sharing my story via social media, YouTube, and the like, I just kind of came out with my name, my real name. And so now people call me both. So Miller feels more personal, more real, more friendship. And I consider you a friend. So, yes, Miller would be great. Okay. And so when was I, the question was, when was I first diagnosed with IBS? I believe it was early 2013. Uh, actually, that's not true. I began experiencing IBS symptoms. I didn't know it was IBS uh, for about nine, ten months uh, where all of a sudden overnight my whole body just changed on me. So it happened to me much, much later in life. Some people I know have it. Uh, when they're really young even, and people can get it all different times. People can get it when they're, I guess, elderly. For me, it happened in my late, late 30s. And for about 10 months, I was just a disaster. I mean, I was... So, so I just want to say at the outset here that my story and how I overcame IBS is what worked for me. And I know that, I hope that what I have to share will be helpful for others as well. I trust that it might. Uh, but this is just my story and what worked for me. So I'm not saying this is going to work for anybody listening. Mm -hmm. And so 
for me, I was diagnosed, I guess, it, I think it was the fall of 2013 after having 10 months of just total hell. And I also want to, I want to be very candid in this conversation. It's funny you mentioned pooping earlier and whatnot. And I thought, you know, it's just, we're all human, right? So yeah. I, we have to just share because if I'm going to talk about IBS and I've been wanting to make my own because I, I do YouTube and I've been wanting to make my own video for a holiday called IBS Awareness Month in April and I just keep missing the date. So uh, I'm excited to share this story with you on your show first. It's going to get me to uh, just sort of – it's almost like a practice run so I can sort of you know get everything out and I'm just excited to share that with you and your peeps. So, yeah, 2013. Yeah, so what was that like? Like exactly how – I mean, it was pure hell, but were you able to work? I mean, tell me about some of those pain points and um, how you were feeling. So I – so to supplement my creative life, uh, I work in hospitality. I live in Las Vegas. I work on the Strip, so uh, the hospitality industry here is huge. It's probably, I think, the predominant industry. So I work uh, in a restaurant, which can be very stressful, and it did not it, – it made my work very uncomfortable, but I, I still worked through that time, and for me – I know that there's different kinds of IBS. I'm not an expert at this. You are. I was probably much, much more informed circa when I was diagnosed because I was heavily researching now that I've beat it. I don't want to say beat it because it sounds like I'm 100% cured, but I'm 98% great and better than most people in my everyday life who are, you know, normal, healthy people. Uh, I would say that... Uh, at that time, it was really scary and disheartening. I didn't know what was going on with me. I was really constipated and really gassy, and, I, and I'm a very clean eater. I, I've, I always have been in, in my adult life, I guess pretty much all my life, and I was like, what's going on? Why is this happening? So it was, yeah, 10 months of utter hell. I couldn't put anything into my body. I didn't know what I could put into my body. I, I just kind of had a diet of steamed chicken and rice. And Oof. and that was pretty much, and my friends all just felt, everybody just kind of felt bad for me. Uh, and I just was like, okay, I guess this is my new reality. And I began seeing all these all these doctors and nobody had an answer until I saw a gastro guy and then I wish I, I, I think I had a colonoscopy and, and I guess IBS, and again, you're the expert here, but I guess IBS is what you're diagnosed with when they really can't find what's wrong with you. <laughs> so they're like, oh, and he didn't say IBS. He said spastic colon, mm -hmm. which he said was another term for it. Yeah, so uh, IBS is diagnosed using this criteria called Rome criteria. So basically, if you've had, you know, it's like a whole list of symptoms. And if you can check off so many of them, they're like, well, you must have IBS, you know. And so that's why um, typically when I'm working with IBS clients, they have like a cascade of other things. Maybe they have migraines or joint pains because they end up kind of working out and showing up together and, and things. So it's kind of fun to have. Um, it's probably not fun, but it's it's fun to help people put together that puzzle when I have consults with them because they're talking. I'm like, yes, this is all lining up. And I'm like, we can so reverse this. It's going to be awesome. And like you said, mm -hmm. there's more than one way to skin a cat to – uh, for lack of a better <laughs> uh, catchphrase. Um, and there's many ways to heal and to overcome things. So um, so that's awesome. And so I was going to ask you what changed and w when did you decide you were going to kick us butt, but you found maybe a provider that worked for you, and then what happened? Okay, so 
bottom line is I'm diagnosed, and they pretty much tell you it's a life sentence, and you kind of feel like you're in prison. I'm almost getting emotional right now because I'm able to put myself back into that sense of memory of that moment of, oh, my God, this is my whole life. I, you start Googling it and everything you read online. And by the way, it's so amazing we live in this time where – our phones can give us access to anything and everything. And if you want to find answers, you want to find a treatment, you want to keep on searching. It, it's just such an amazing time that we live in. And I'm, and that's pretty much how I solved uh, my problem. It took time, of course, but uh, in that moment, it was very, I was, I was very, very desperate, but I had this underlying fight in me. I've always had this fight in me. And even though the doctor first prescribed three different medications because they each didn't work. One worked, actually. I, I forget what it was. It worked for about a month, and I thought, oh, my God, I'm cured. This is amazing. And then it was crazy. I took this medication, I think, exactly a month, and then overnight, boom, all the symptoms came back. I was like, what? Uh, but meant to be because I'd rather not be on medication. So maybe the, the Western medicine world or philosophy is, you know, medication. He didn't. You know, he just said, you know, maybe be like your podcast, less stressed, whatever. Uh, so I just began to research heavily everything I could find online because I thought, I'm going to find the answer here. This is not going to be a life sentence. Uh, and I'm happy to go into all the things that worked for me. But that was pretty much what happened. Yeah. Um, if you want to share a couple of things, I just think that uh, I think your story I, you know, I I kept, was completely empathetic when you said you're getting emotional. Um, ben, I have had my own healing crisis over the last several months, uh, actually this whole last year, where kind of I don't know. Tell me if this sounds familiar. Maybe you've had a symptom in your life, and you're like, this isn't really that big of a deal. You know, this little eczema thing flares up in the winter. It's no big thing. I can live with it. Like it's just your normal, right? But let's pretend your immune system bucket gets overflowing and it's like flaring up to where it is um, almost like deforming your life I can't think of a better term for it right now but I remember literally like crying one day when um, a provider that I was working with as part of my like whole holistic model um, canceled on me and I just really needed what she was offering at that moment and I just it was painful it was like I felt so helpless and that's basically that feeling that so many people feel I think yeah. um there's just and that's I think where sometimes people go into that somewhat of a self-treatment um avenue sometimes because they don't get the answers that they want um so I'm an integrative nutritionist which means I like to combine the best of western and eastern medicine right like I want to be aware of all the things because I don't want to just say well yeah we want to do medication forever we don't want to do medication forever we don't want to do supplements forever we can avoid it we want to just heal and really like feel our best very awesome and so um but I think I think you're right like people people I always find that people who kind of search out alternative or integrative or functional therapies usually have run into dead ends otherwise. So, um, yeah, so if you want to share anything in specific that you really felt yeah. like was um, – that helped you turn the corner or if you want to share any emotional things that you were going through in that time, because I feel like knowing you a little bit that there was um, – it wasn't just always the things you're putting in your body. Like I can just hear it in your voice. You had a mental – aspect to that too you said i'm going to fight this like i'm going to kick this yeah. butt because i'm not gonna let this be my normal anymore 
Exactly. And that was my mentality, and it's just part of my character. I don't, I don't take any credit for it. I just I, – I had to find, for me, what would work. And I remember just Googling every single thing that I could find and being in chat rooms and all that stuff. And first, I remember after the medications didn't work that the doctor gave me, I pretty much tried every single – I don't even like like Philips Colon Health and all of these different. I don't know if they're probiotics specifically, but all the things that are supposed to be so good for the gut. All of a sudden, you know how it is when you're going through something and then all and then you just see it all around you. I just started seeing commercials everywhere for how to have better gut health and this is the capsule you have to take. And so I just tried everything and none of it was working. I thought it was a joke. I would read all these things and on Amazon and all these people were having amazing luck with this or that for the gut and it wasn't working for me. And I thought, okay. Just keep going, just keep going. And then I found this thing, and I'm so curious, Krista, if you've heard of it before. It's called VSL-3. Yes, absolutely. It's very popular. It's often in um, hospital pharmacies, but yeah. Yeah, nice. Okay, so I found it, and it wasn't as pervasive, I guess, for something years ago, because now my pharmacy, it's funny, because it's it's an over-the-counter thing. It's a probiotic. It has to be refrigerated. It's medicinal. It's specifically for gut health, people who have IBS and or ulcerative colitis and whatever. And when I used to go four years ago and pick it up, I was the only one apparently at my pharmacy who, who got it. Now they tell me that they're all that dozens and dozens every day. So it's really, I guess, uh, expanded, which is great to know. So that was the first thing that I read about that was kind of new, and I got it, and I started to feel a difference on that. So that was exciting. And then, and then the big, big moment for me, and there are other bullet points too that I want to go into. Uh, okay, no, hold on. Okay, I'm going to get to that big moment in a second. The other thing that I, the other thing that I found, you see how I, I lead into like anticipation here. It's a gift. I don't. No, You're an entertainer. Right. So, uh, <laughs> So I found at the time, and I know you've heard of this too, uh, but this was very, very new research at the time, and it just kind of bums me out that my doctor wouldn't like didn't know about this, didn't say this stuff to me. But I found from Monash University, I think it is in Australia, these scientists and researchers doing this low FODMAP thing, mm-hmm. yeah, and it was Peter changing. And, and Peter yes, mm-hmm. I knew you would know, yeah, and I love your your knowledge on all of this, and I. I was like, well, what is this? Because apparently it was changing people's lives. And when I started to incorporate a low FODMAP plan, uh, it was definitely helpful. I was seeing a different I, – I wasn't 100% or anything, but I was feeling so much better. And it was really exciting that that there was improvement. And for those who don't know, and you can educate your people much more than I can, but from what I understand, low FODMAPs are – certain kinds of carbohydrates and, and the healthiest foods that people don't know if you have IBS, all the things that are supposed to be so good for you, fruits, veggies, avocados, sweet potatoes, garlic, onions, all these things are like anathema. They're the worst if you have, you know, IBS. And I just want to say for the record here, and I don't know if anybody else has ever said this before. I have not heard this before, but I believe that when you are stressed, even if you are not consciously aware of your stress I believe that your body is sort of releasing some kind of chemical, some kind of chemicals, some kind of hormones that directly conflict with whatever carbohydrates, whatever low FODMAPs. When those two come together, something happens in your body where it has, it just, it gives you these terrible, terrible symptoms. Have you heard of that before? 
Well, for sure, gut health and hormones are related. And when you're stressed out, your cortisol levels go up and different things bind to different things. Now, with FODMAPs, you're right. They're very particular short-chain carbohydrate, and then they're also like sugar alcohols, so like xylitol and things like that. So it's really hard word to say. It's funny that you talk about it. I mentioned it the other day in like a book about reversing food sensitivities that I had written and um, just a little mini page thing. And my assistant said, "Uh, FODMAPs, you might want to elaborate. I don't know what that is. (laughs) And you just kind (laughs) of forget because you get close to things, right? So so basically everything's fermenting in your gut and causing terrible gas and things like that. And so FODMAPs are one method for overcoming, you know, it's probably the most common dietary approach to overcoming IBS. Um, So that's awesome. So what I'm hearing from you, it's cool for me. So like, I love hearing about all the people's pieces and then putting together that puzzle. And I just, I hear you. I hear what you did at the beginning. You did all the research. You started going after the squirrels and nothing felt like it worked. Right. And I have totally been there, totally been there. Um, And I know so many people that have, because that's what you start doing. And then you're like, oh, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. And a couple thoughts Uh, when you're doing, Somewhat integrative therapy, sometimes you need, you know, a certain dose for something to be effective. You need to do it for a certain time. You have to do it at the right time. Um, so it's all this perfect storm. So you began to get your perfect storm of healing with the way you started to be able to do things. You were removing certain things. You were adding the right things at the right time. And so you were getting to a good healing place because of the way you started doing it. And you had to kind of fail forward, I think, to get to that point, mm-hmm. place. You don't just immediately find success always. You know what I mean? Like, especially when you're trying to do it yourself, right? Um and that's what we do. Like, we do it yourself, ourselves because we don't even know where we're going to find a GPS or a tour guide for that condition. And so you did you did so well. You know, um, you found the the right tools. You know, and the right and the right uh, mixture. But I just love hearing you put it together because in the back of my mind, I'm like assembling your puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you say about fail forward. That's very very powerful, and yeah. it's very very true. And so all of the stuff that I've talked about to this point has to do with food, basically. What am I putting into my body? Because that, for me, was the answer. However, I now know that there was a much, much greater, greater thing and as far as what the answer was for me, and I know for everybody else, and that is that I took the first trip of my life. I saved up for three years. I traveled for a month, and I went out of the country. I'd never been out of the country before, except for a little two-day cruise to Mexico, which I don't think really counts. (laughs) And I was out of the country for a month and off of work for five weeks. It was the first time in my entire adult life. I was, it was for my, it was my treat, my gift to myself for my 40th birthday. And I, I had never even really been on a, a, a vacation before. So here was me, and I made that decision to disconnect from social media, and I wasn't in my everyday life. I wasn't working, and here I was just traveling abroad. And the first three weeks were amazing, but it was hell as far as food goes because I, I didn't know that I, I, I couldn't eat anything. So here I was. I, I had planned my, my trip in, in different parts, and the first part was a group tour and it's just really funny because I at 40 was the youngest one the median age I think was maybe 65 and it was really it was just ironic almost because everybody there these elderly people like in their 70s and 80s were eating anything and everything that they wanted you know this was like by the Mediterranean and the Middle East and all the amazing fresh food there was like house made 
or homemade fresh ice cream parlors everywhere and all these people of all ages eating these great big ice cream cones. And here's me walking around partaking in none of it because I was petrified that mm. my body you know, would just crumble on me. And I was just and what's so amazing about VSL3 is that I, I took it with me, but you can also get it internationally. They have a website. I had it like delivered to the pharmacies. I was like, you know, in the Middle East, it was crazy. And that was awesome. And I was taking that like five times a day or something. I was like, I got to be in check. And then all of a sudden, I decided to cheat. I decided, well, what if my body can handle, you know, a little piece of pita with hummus? What if my body can handle this fish today with a sauce that I'm not really quite sure is in the sauce? I mean, I think most people will tell you that sauces can be like the biggest culprit because, oh my God, sauces are just, but I just, I, every day I would, t I would allow myself an additional bite. And I kid you not, the last week of my trip, I ate everything to the point of because I was keeping my meals super, super small and eating super clean and eating nothing really. I mean, I'd be getting steamed rice sometimes at a meal, and that is all I would have. All of a sudden, I'm eating desserts. I'm eating every kind of, you know, amazing dips and, and, and food and toppings and everything. And I was perfect. I was fine. I was eating. To, I was eating till I was sick. And I never even eat to the point of being full, regardless, just in my life. But because I had basically starved myself and wasn't allowed to for 10 plus months here I am eating everything and I felt great and my learning lesson from that was that the majority of my symptoms came from my head they came from stress they came from anxiety they came from me not understanding nor realizing that there was something else going on here and I mean, I can elaborate and go further, but that's pretty much it. I don't think people understand the mind-gut issue. We're getting to a place now in, in science and just everyday life where people are talking about it. But when I understood that being away from my everyday life, I had this peace, and all of a sudden I was eating and I was okay, that that was the culprit, the stress of it. I came home from that trip for the next five months I was fine. I ate everything, even in my regular life. And then my symptoms came back. And then I was like, okay, two things. One, I know it's transitory. I beat it once. I was healthy for five or so months. So yay, God bless. I'm going to be just fine. It is not a life sentence. I proved it. Second, I now need to get knee deep into all kinds of things to ease my stress, whether it's spirituality books books on self-help and development, whether it is meditation. So these are things that I brought into my life. And and now it's I can't even begin to explain how much of a difference it's made. And sleep has been a huge, huge thing for me. Uh, I always, I think, like a lot of people treated sleep, you know, it's important. But, you know, sometimes you're going to get five hours. No big deal. Now, it doesn't matter because my schedule is crazy and I work late hours and I work different hours every day. So I'm always going to bed at a different time, which I know is not great for sleep and patterns and all of that. But no matter what time I go to bed, regardless, I make sure that I don't get up until eight hours from the time that I go to bed. And sleep has been a huge thing. And so, yeah, there it is. I love that. You spoke about so many amazing things related to reducing stress. I'm um, a client that one time she had IBS symptoms and as soon as school got, she was a teacher and as soon as school got out, they resolved. And then two weeks before school wow. started, they came back. So I think sometimes we're just used to it and we have this normal 
level of stress, right? And we're like, well, I'm just normal. You know what I mean? So you don't even realize. I think I wrote this down earlier about whether you're consciously aware of stress. And I just, I couldn't agree more. I think that is such a big thing. Like, are you really being consciously aware? And it would be, we almost need like a stress self-check assessment or something, right? But you kind of went through so many of them right there um, that you mentioned. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think we live in a place of, okay, so to be really open and vulnerable with you and your audience here, uh, I was in the closet as far as my sexuality. I mean, I, 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 it's funny when you say in the closet, well, what else am I talking about? Uh, but I think that in, I think that that's what I've learned as far as my journey is I want to really help people. And as you said in your intro, uh, in, about me, I, which was really nice. I appreciate that. I think that, uh, that is why I'm here and how I am to serve is to let people know that it's not too late to say who you are, be who you are. It doesn't have to be about sexuality, obviously. It can be about whatever it is you are keeping inside, whatever it is you are most shameful of. That is the thing that you should be talking because that's how you're going to teach. That's how you're going to help. And for me, I came out in today's time really late. I mean, I was 39 when I told the majority of people in my life. I first came out to my sister when I was 37 and then maybe a few people after that, and then the majority of people at 39 years old. So imagine keeping not one person, not one new. So imagine keeping this huge part of myself, my identity, who I am, completely inside. I, I thought the entire time, I'm just going to die of cancer someday. Like, I know I'm killing myself. But I was able to, to compartmentalize in a way where I thought, okay, this is just my life, and uh, this is just how it is, but I'm basically happy. I appear to be really positive, and I was a happy guy and really productive and doing things, but I knew that what I was suppressing, uh, actually, I didn't know. I, I guess intellectually I knew somehow that I was messing myself up, but I also thought, I'm fine, and here's the thing that's crazy is my IBS symptoms came out after I came out which is really intense to me and just confused the hell out of me because I thought, well, why is this happening? Now I'm who I am, and about a year after or so, I came out of the closet. All of a sudden, my body just shut down, and I was talking to a friend about this who is very much into you know, gut and health and spirituality, and she explained it to me in a way that was, uh, was very, very powerful because she had a similar experience with something in her life that was analogous, and she said that, a lot of times people have a physical response to emotional release. So in other words, after coming out, uh, my body it just had no choice but to react to having had all these suppressed emotions. But in the beginning, I was kind of like I was scared, but I was on this high. It was kind of an, kind of an uh, adrenaline rush, if you will. Oh, my God, I am who I am now. I remember this one time walking into Target in the parking lot and after I came out like the next day and I felt nine feet taller i was like wow this is so true oh my god the weight is lifted off my shoulders this is amazing it's a whole new life but what happens is is all of a sudden i've relaxed into it and that was when my body decided to release all the issues that had been manifesting deep down inside created by this stress this bubbling under the surface and i thought how ironic is that that now i am peaceful but my body was like uh-uh-uh and that was a huge thing for me to uh, to realize, and I want people to understand that also. That you know, I'm not alone in that, and hopefully, it's uh, it, if it's not relatable, it hopefully it's somewhat instructive and like, wow, that's for me that that just blew my mind. 
Miller, talk about vulnerability and putting your story out there to improve the lives of others. I mean, that's basically what that is. Like, you can't hold your story in because you don't know who else is going to help. And that was huge. You touched on all the important parts that are related to stress, right? Like the food. Um, you talked about healing and kind of that overall journey and your big you know, epiphany about how traveling and kind of reducing all those other life stressors. And you went through such an awesome checklist of things that you did. It wasn't one dimensional. It was multifactorial. It was amazing. Yes. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, and I don't remember if I mentioned this already, but I think I wrote this down earlier. You know, sometimes when people say something, you're like, oh, keyword, going to write this down. So when you, yeah, I did mention this about being consciously aware of reducing the stress, because I think we just let that be our normal, right? Um, and you, it was your normal until you realized how it could be different. And you didn't even know that you were so stressed until you went on this vacation and then, you know, all those other pieces. So yep. really amazing, really, really amazing. I was going to ask you what your gut reaction was if there's someone listening that feels like, you know, blank, XYZ is controlling his or her life or even very specifically IBS. But you kind of shared it. Um, do you want to reiterate, you know, like what, uh, what would you say to somebody if if they're facing this or they're really resonating with your story right now, what would you tell them? Well, the first thing that comes to mind, you know, maybe some people are hearing, you know, my story and they thought, well, I mean, I can't take a trip and be off of work for five weeks. So good for him, because then he realized, you know, that he didn't have stress. And I want to really, really push the point that I take daily vacations that everybody has to do it, whether it is 10 minutes a day whatever it is, where you are just centered, you are meditating. I believe that repetition is the mother of everything. It's the mother of knowledge. It's the mother of growing, of pedagogy, all the above. And I have to, on repeat, uh, be reading books and listening to audio books and podcasts all about the less stressed life and about uh, how to just relax and be calm and just to give myself that positivity because I just... I feel it's a it's a muscle. You know, you don't go to the gym and 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 get your biceps that you want and be like, "Okay, I'm done. I'm good now." That's not how it works. You have to keep it up. It's about repetition. It's about maintenance. And so for me, I've, I notice when I slip and I'm like, oh, my God, it's because for the past four days, I haven't really been putting positivity into my life. I haven't been taking those little mini vacations. I've not been listening to those positive audiobooks. Instead, I've been focusing on news stuff or stupid timelines on Twitter or something. And, and so it's like then I get that stuff back in my life and it's like, ah, I'm better. So I just want people to know that it's imperative. It's integral to your life every day to just take a mini break and just to constantly be infusing positivity. And if you're a news junkie or something like that, then I would advise you to 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 compartmentalize because you got to be informed in some capacity, but to really just have your priorities. That's it. Oh, I'm so glad I asked that question. That's couldn't be better advice that you could give someone. And I kind of wonder if, you know, um, for those that don't know, I mean, I was telling you this the other day, you know, you're a comedian in Las Vegas, but your integrity and kindness blows my mind. And before I knew you, and if I would just stereotype you based on, you know, name and location, I would not have put all those four words in the same sentence. They don't like scramble up and go together, right? And so it's just, um, 
it's just really interesting, you know, how I met you, but you have this thing for holidays and celebrating every day. And I kind of wonder if those mini breaks, if that's part of like how you developed that interest in that brand. I mean, that's kind of your thing, right? Like celebrating holidays and, um, and celebrating life in its utmost form every single day. And I wonder if, um, if this is, this was the big piece that inspired that all. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I mean, people who don't know who are listening, I, that's what I, that's kind of part of my shtick are the daily holidays and trying to grow my brand around that, you know, things like National Dog Day, whatever. Uh, but I've been doing that though on and off on YouTube since 2007. So kind of before the daily holidays were trendy, before they were uh, like a hashtag and people like Ellen DeGeneres were talking about what's the holiday today. But as the years progressed, it just kind of, I guess with that, it was sort of from the outside in versus from the inside out. It was my mentor, Shalene Johnson, who made it really, really clear to me that the daily holidays that I do, they're fun, it's cute, but until people know my story, and I told her my story right off the bat, it was really quite lovely, and when she heard my story, she's like, this is how you're here to serve, she really got me to see the light, and that's how I can use these holidays, because there are holidays about everything. I mean, like I mentioned, IBS Awareness Month. Who would think about that as a holiday? But there are awareness holidays. There are the fun, cutesy holidays, the food holidays, whatever. And I want to use the holidays to dictate uh, what I'm doing in different social media platforms and all of that and get people to that place of celebration and using my own journey and what I've been through and how, you know, there's a lot more. Obviously, we all have a story. There's a lot more to my story about things that I've been through, some tragic things and whatnot, and, I'm, and I thought, okay, I, I, I've been through it, and I'm celebrating, you can celebrate too, and that's pretty much the point of, what I, of my brand and me as a person. I love that. Such a positive, positive perspective. Where can people find you um, or work with you or, or whatnot? Well, my handle across all social media is Holiday What TV. so maybe think, well, what's the holiday today, Holiday What TV? <laughs> uh, that but I am currently starting, as you know, we're, we're kind of, you know, we're accountability people, partners here, and we met through Pat Flynn, Shaleen, all of that. And so my podcast is starting in July, and it's called About That Life. And what that pretty much means to me is what does the that in that life mean to you? And are you about that life, a life of good health and prosperity and calmness and serenity and motivation and gratitude. I'm about that life and I want people to be about that life as well. And so my podcast will be debuting in July called about that life. And yeah, I love that. I love, love, love it. Can't wait to hear it. It's going to be a blast. And so wonderful to be on this journey with you. I hope that everyone listening has enjoyed hearing a little piece of your journey as well today. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your deep, vulnerable story. Thank you, Krista. I really adore you. And I so appreciate our friendship. And I'm hoping that you will come on my show. I'll find a holiday around what it is you do. And uh, I'm hoping that you'll be a guest uh, with me. March is National Nutrition Month and Registered Dietitian Day, just so you know. <laughs> Done. All right. We yeah. already have a All date. Right. All right. Cool. Talk to you then. Thank you.